have you not done one on this riverside with us? Where you oh, get the cool countdown? Please hold. No. <laughs> I won't answer it. I'm busy right now. Let's see, that's some more business right there. Uh, that's not part of the plan. You, you can't sneak <laughs> up on, on us and start recording before we know it now. Yeah, it's it's got a little more high tech around here. Yeah, that's cool. Anyway, oh. I'll tell you the lion story. I've been real busy. I haven't been able to hunt the way I want to. I bought that buggy and been going out in the buggy just, you know, exercising the dogs. And mainly, you know, going out for an hour or two in the morning early. <clears throat> well, anyway, a buddy of mine has been up here hunting in a little mountain range on the other side of the river. And uh, he's got a game camera and he's gotten several pictures of lions going through there. And we've been talking on the phone and... and uh, Finally, I just had enough. I said, man, I got to get out. So I, I said, I'm going to go south. I said, I'll go south on the south end of the mountain range. And, and, and he said, I'll go check my camera and whatever. And so I went on the south side and I hit a track and I trailed all day long. I mean, I trailed up into the big mountain and uh, got a hold of him. And I said, you do any good? He said, no. And I said, anything on the camera? He said, no, I didn't get a picture or anything. So the next morning I'm home. I'm sitting here in my, in my office thinking, man, I, you know, I wonder how he's doing. And you know, I'm having to take care of business. And. And he sends me an inreach text message, said, hey, had a lion, a big tom come through three and a half hours ago on that Ooh. camera. And and for what? And he's got some good hounds. I mean, he, he, he spent some money and bought some good hounds. And he said, I can't get a dog to bark on it. Three and a half hour old lion track. And he said, they're whipping their tails, but they won't bark on it. And I thought, gosh, darn, that does. And he said, bring some dogs. So most of my good dogs were wore out from the day before. And so I load up some some young dogs and, and uh, Sissy, my old dog, she's not going to go catch you a lion, but she's going to dang sure bark on a lion track. She'll tell you there's a lion in the country. <laughs> she's the motivator. Well, yeah. And so we go up there and, and Sissy will bark on it. But trailing is like, I mean, just just enough to kind of give you a direction of where sure. you're going. On a three and a half hour old Tom Lion track, and he scraped three times going through that canyon, or maybe more. I don't know. That's the only ones we've seen. But this is what that desert does to you. <laughs> I mean, and 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 I have trailed through a camera before where I was thirty six hours behind the lion and still trailed all day long. And then on one day like this, three hours behind the lion, and you can't trail it. Isn't that like I don't know? We've run across the same thing where it's like you see something. You know, the old timers would always tell us if you see something cross the road, you never just turn out on it. You know, you got to give it time. The scent's got to yeah. settle. There were all these Let reasons them. behind it. You know. Yeah. But your guys' country down there is so weird because it it changes so dramatically. Like it's not just hot and dry; it's cold and dry it's you know what i mean like it, it's yeah. such it's this weird like bermuda triangle i think of it because you've got so many scent factors that can change so fast you know the wind conditions all of that it it just seems like you see a big swing the the only thing i can think of is is we've had there's there's a little bit of moisture in the ground and i think that it got down below freezing mm -hmm. and maybe that lion walked by when it was frozen and then yep. right away, you know, three hours later, it thawed out and there's just nothing left. Mm -hmm. I mean, my old dog could smell it on some rocks and she would open. And, and uh, I mean, I don't know. It, it just it was real frustrating because you, you, you spend so much time, you know, riding circles, trying to find a lion track in this country. 
Right. And then sometimes you find the lion track and you can barely trail it and you say, well, I'm too far behind him. Hey, too then far behind him? It doesn't matter if it's five minutes or if it's three days. Too far behind is too far behind. It's whatever conditions allow. You know, exactly. I think it's a big thing. Three and a half hours behind this one, it was too far behind him. See, sometimes you're better to just not know, right? See, if you hadn't have that trail cam pick, you wouldn't like feel weird about it. <laughs> no, I know, I know. And so it was, yeah, you know, and if a guy doesn't know any better, you blame your dogs. Yeah, those, exactly. Those, those dogs, they, I mean, I've trailed older trail. I know they want a trail, so. Yeah, but, no, that happens. I think it happens to everybody. Or that good. whole hot in the middle and cold on both ends deal. You know, you just, <laughs> yeah. who knows? They're dogs, right? They're dogs, exactly, exactly. Well, at least you're hunting. Well, I got to hunt those two days, so that was good. Today, I'm sitting here in this office. You got that fancy new buggy, man. You're like riding in style now. Uh, It's almost embarrassing, really. (laughs) Do you feel a little out of place? Well, it's just so nice that I I just don't, you know, it's like somebody, I I ran into some guys down on the river the other day, and, and, uh, Matter of fact, that's another good line story. They had found a tom lion a couple years ago on the railroad tracks, runs right by the river, cut in half by a train. Now, how does a lion sit there? Yeah, how does that happen? The lion was cut in half, and they showed me the skull. I thought, oh, no, here's another one of these stories, you know. And uh, no, they said, come to the house. And so I come down the river, and I went to their house, and they showed me the skull of the lion. That sounds like a whopper. I I, Because they could see the doubt in my face. And they swore by it. I mean, they said, no, no. And I seen the lion skull. And uh, a friend of mine from South Texas sent me a picture of a lion that got cut in half on a railroad tracks. So what is that all about? I, that one's hard for me to believe, man. Like, one is hard enough. Two, to get cut in half by a, a train. I just don't see it. Okay, I'll tell you I'm not you saying another. it can't happen, but I... Oh. I'll finish this one with the buggy story. And the guys looked at my buggy, you know, and it's, and it's, it's, you know, it's got a cab and it's got a heater and an air conditioner and electric windows and everything. They looked at it and they said, oh man, that is nice. I said, I just looked at it and said, I'm sorry. I said, you know, my wife picked it out, not me. Yeah, right. You wanted the econo version. But anyway, I got another good lion story to tell you. I was, this was years ago. I might've already told you this if you, if I did just erase it. I'll let you keep going for the listeners. <laughs> okay, well, I was I live I was living up in the mountains up at my camp, and uh, off grid. But I had at that time I had a I had satellite internet from from uh, uh, HughesNet. Fancy, yeah. And I had Direct TV at that time. That was back when I had some cable television, and I had a guy from El Paso that 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 came out to do, uh, to set up the dishes or whatever. And I was changing from one of the direct TV to whatever the other one was. I can't remember what it's called anyway. And he said, and I said, well, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I'm going up to my camp. I'm going to be hunting. He said, well, what are you hunting? He's, I told him, I said, I'm going to be lion hunting. And he said, oh, and he's from El Paso city, you know, and he's a city boy. He said, oh, he said, uh, I was out on my four wheeler the other day by the Franklin mountains and I hit one. And I thought, oh, you know, why do you want to tell? Why do I want, you know, going to hear another one of these stories? Cause, he just set know. the hook. Now you got to know. <laughs> and I looked at him. I said, you you ran into a mountain lion. You hit him? He said, yeah. Killed him. I said, on your four-wheeler. He said, yeah. And he looked at me. He said, you don't believe me, do you? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, I hear all kinds of stories. 
people find out that I hunt lions, they're going to tell me stories about seeing lions and black lions and all kinds of things, you know. And yeah, right. He said, no. He said, he said, when I get home, I'll send you the pictures. And he sent me the pictures. He hit a big old tom down there right outside of El Paso on his four-wheeler. That's crazy. Like, maybe it was deaf or something. I don't know. I just have a hard time. A train is not something that's going to sneak up. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? There's, like, vibration. There's there's something going on. I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe someone shot the lion. That's more prior to I'm the thinking. train coming by, and then the train ran over it and cut it in half. I mean, that is more like it. Or somebody had the intention of taking a shortcut and getting it split in half. <laughs> Maybe they were going to let the train do the work and pack out half. I don't know. I think something um, something definitely helped that thing get on the tracks. <laughs> I, it's it's hard to believe that a that a train could sneak up on a lion, huh? If anybody out there listening has had this happen, we want to hear about it, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just start yeah, a logbook. Sure. How many lines got hit by a train? There's probably a stat for that somewhere. <laughs> Man. I don't know. I don't know. You got a lot of lion stories. I mean, but recent ones, because you haven't even been getting to the woods a whole lot until recently no. as part of your plan. Not like I should. Or like, not like I want to. Let's put it right. that way. I, I just... You know, take that buggy out and take some dogs out and exercise them in the morning. And that's, I mean, I, I mean, where I go, there's always the possibility of if a hitting a track mm-hmm. and, and, and I've trailed a little bit, you know, but, uh, for the most part, it's just going out for a couple hours in the morning and getting back, you know? Yeah. So. Well, you've been a busy that, guy and even like podcast stuff too, though. You've got some <clears throat> big stuff in the works. I, I do. I, I mean, I've kept I've quiet heard. about it because well, I've been kind of giddy about it ever since we talked because I think it's a really cool thing that's coming out. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I've been selling for quite a few years now. I've sold the, the Dale Lee, we call them the Dale Lee tapes, but they're the Dale Lee CDs or whatever they are. I, th- I guess when they first came out, they were in cassette form, weren't they? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's like, 18 or 19 of them probably about 18 hours of listening isn't it is that, yeah is that i want to right? say they're all between like 45 minutes and an hour long yeah. it's you know a big series and and the way that had kind of come to be is is uh i had a bootlegged copy of them and uh i did a lot of research trying to figure out you know who who owned the rights to them and uh, i never could find out so I put one up on my YouTube channel and I, and, and, and I found out real quick. Well, it, did, it took a little while and then I got a comment. No, oh, this is Dale Lee's nephew. It was strange to see my uncle, you know, or listen to my, find out my uncle was on YouTube. You know, he's been, he's been dead for a few years now. And, and, uh, he said, I, ha-, he said, I do have, he said, I own the, the, the CDs. Oh. And so I said, oh, I said, I said, I'm sorry. I said, you want me to take it down? He said, no. He said, no, don't, don't take them down. He said, but if you'd like to, he said, you could sell some for me. So I made a little video, a little pitch, you know, showing the CDs. And I sold, I don't know, not that many, but I sold a few. They're, you know, they're kind of expensive. Yeah, they were not real cheap. Did you see, uh, did you sell them with the little box, like the display yep. box and everything? They were really nice. Yeah. They're like a bird's eye maple looking you know, classy mm-hmm. box that they all came in and they're sitting on my bookshelf actually right next to his book. Well, matter of fact, 
uh, uh, Mike, which is Dale Lee's nephew, is not very far, like he's 90 miles from W Supply. Yeah, and from the shop. He's right. He's not that far away. So what had happened is I think I talked to Buddy and Buddy said, well, he'll he'd sell them because, you know, you guys got a big footprint. And, and then I, I would get them from Mike and then I'd ship them up there. And I thought that, you know, that's kind of silly for, you know, <laughs> I was just a middleman. I said, here, I get, you know, just get a hold of Mike and y'all sell them, get them straight from him. Yeah. And, uh, and then for some reason he couldn't get the boxes anymore and something was going on. I think Buddy didn't feel like selling them anymore or whatever. And uh, I still had some people calling me for them and I sold a couple more. Well, after this podcast deal started and, and you guys shared the, the, the Bruce Kennedy Warriors of Elgato mm-hmm. interviews with Wiley Carroll and, and Warner Glenn Warner and all them, Glenn, yeah. I got to thinking, well, what would it take to be able to, uh, to share these daily tapes or CDs with the podcast? And I've been working quite a bit and driving all over the place, so I had a lot of time sitting in the truck and think. <laughs> Just go uh, crazy or think about it. Well, yeah. So I've just, I mean, just spur of the moment. I was driving down the highway and I called uh, Mike, that's Dale's nephew. And I said, hey, I said, I got an idea. What would it take for me to buy the digital rights to these CDs? He said, I don't know. And I said, well, I'll make you an offer. And and, uh, I know how much it was. It was an undisclosed amount. (laughs) It's an undisclosed amount. I had to, I had to take out a second mortgage on my house. Yep. (laughs) So if you feel no, bad I, for I, Brett, go follow his Patreon. He needs some help here. <laughs> yeah, go. Well, anyway, it, it, I mean, it was what I did is I figured how much we had sold and what I think he would sell. Mm-hmm. And I offered him that much. And then I also said, you know, and there's going to be some people that are probably still going to want to own the physical CDs. You know, like you said, you got them on a shelf or something. Now we can't get the fancy boxes like they used to have, but they come in a nice little case now. And uh, I said, maybe, you know, you'll be able to sell more like that. So people can 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 own them, you know, and they they can have them. It's like a collector's item, really. Yeah. And uh, so he said, let me talk to my wife. And and uh, they agreed. And. I sent him a check. And so now, I mean, so I'm going to, I think I got to refresh my memory and, and listen to him again. And and uh, I'm going to share them with W Supply Podcast and make them available for all, the, you know, for everybody to listen to. Yeah. And, and I think that would be, I think it would, it, 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 I think they work real well as a podcast. Yeah, because they're broke down. I mean, that's what, when you had mentioned something about all this, I thought, man, they are perfect for a podcast because... I mean, let's be honest, the audio is going to be not the quality that people are really used to, you know, they're not horrible, but it's background, you know, it was recorded. Mm-hmm, yeah. God, when were those things recorded? Shoot. I don't Early eighties. Yeah. Something like that. Or yeah. no, not that late. And I believe I to look at them. They're almost, they're almost exactly the same as the book. I mean, the stories are the same and everything. Cause I think the, that who was it that wrote the book? I can't remember his name right now, but. I think they were taken from from just from Dale's story. I can look. It's up there on the cabinet. I can pull it down. But yeah, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But I thought, man, all those CDs were in like 45 to an hour chunks, Mm -hmm. you know, which Mm -hmm. is perfect for a podcast. It's what we usually do. And, you know, we thought, well, shoot, these are going to going to offset, you know, they're a series. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to release them every week. They're going to try to. We're going to try to do these twice a month. 
Yeah, so it'll alternate yeah. weeks. And, you know, we're mm-hmm. going to be doing some changes to the W lineup around here for the podcast and changing some dates and, you know, days of release and things like that. Are but you? we thought, man, you could keep those going every other week. And there's literally almost a year's worth of content yeah. just out of Dale Lee's mouth. Like, this is Dale Lee's stories out of his mouth, not somebody exactly. recalling them. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, and it, 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 it's, uh, two, I think two a month would be, would be another, like you said, there's 19 of those. So that would, it's going to be get through the whole year. And hopefully, and hopefully by the end of that time, my plan will, 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 what do they say? Come to fruition. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You got to fill in some. <laughs> yeah. You know, cause I got, I, and, and I've also thought about going and, and, and seeing if I could attract some corporate sponsors I know you guys help me out, you know, with, with, you know, with the, with the podcast and, uh, and I thought about going out and getting corporate sponsors, but like I said earlier, I don't get, I don't do very good with rejection. (laughs) (laughs) So so I, I, I think that it'll be, it'd be more like a crowdfunding type thing. You know, if, if I could get people to go, I've got that YouTube channel and there's a membership thing on that YouTube channel where you can join and for like a dollar or two dollars, I'm not even sure what it is a month, you know, you can help me out or the Patreon. And, you know, I jumped the gun. I had that Patreon deal and I kind of got upset with Patreon and said, oh, we're not going to do this anymore because, you know, I just thought they were... I don't even want to go into it. Long story short. Yeah. And then, but then I, I might have made, I might have jumped the gun, made a mistake with that because honestly, YouTube is just as bad as Patreon when it comes to that stuff. And YouTube, if, if, if what, through the membership, YouTube takes a higher percentage out of that than Patreon does. Oh. And, and honestly, it's easier to share stuff on Patreon than mm. it is on YouTube. But the, the thing with YouTube is that join is directly to my, to my channel. So, Oh, perfect. I mean, and I don't know, but the Patreon would 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 work good, you know. I, if if I, you know, I I have a hard time asking, but if people want to help out and, and defer the costs for me, and then <laughs> also help me, because when I get done with this, I mean, I, I still have, man, I bet I got ten guys to go interview myself, some some older houndsmen that I I still want to go talk to, and I'm still going to do it, and I, but. Like I said, the plan. The plan. The plan has to come to fruition. Yeah. No, this will so. be a good holdover, though, because I would say there's a lot of mo- a majority have never heard these tapes. Like, no. it was kind yeah. of a, it's kind of like a little niche thing within the hound world, you know, mm-hmm. that these were available even. It was kind of like, well, brave. Look at all those books that I ended up finding that just got forgot. Exactly. You know, that nobody searched out and found I think of these kind of like that where, yeah, it was out there and it was even available. Like you said, we sold them for a little while, but once they went away, like if you didn't know to look for it, how would you ever find it? Where now it's going to be brought to the digital world. It's going to be online free listen. I think it's a really cool thing because available for everybody. And, and I mean, and Honestly, I mean, with the cost of what the tapes cost, you know, I think we sell them for like 160 bucks. That's, you know, that's a chunk of It was of not cheap. In fact, I think I got the last set because I saw them on the shelf. I'm like, oh, those are really cool. And Buddy says, that's the last one. Go ahead and take it. 
I'm pretty sure is how that worked out. So sorry to anybody who wanted to order the last one. I got them. Um, but yeah, it, it was quite a bit of money back then. So this is really cool to see it just available at mm -hmm. no cost. Yeah, and there and the physical copies are still available. Matter of fact, uh on on the Bear Grease podcast, mm -hmm. Clay Newcomb did a uh a little three part series. I think it was three three parts of Warner Glenn. Yeah. And in that one of the deals was he had talked about when Warner had caught that Jaguar mm -hmm. down in the oh, he caught it down there really in New Mexico. And uh Clay had called me and asked me, he said, you know, I do a little part on Dale Lee and his Which Jaguar was great, hunt. By the way, did you get to listen to it? I did. I did get to listen to it. I had no idea you were even on it when I started listening to it. I'm like, well, oh, there's you, Brett. That's cool. Yeah, you know what can I say? <laughs> the little podcast world that goes around here. Oh, I feel no. like I'm big time. I talked to like Steve Fielder and did one with him and you in the same week. I'm like, <laughs> well, I, my part was real small in that podcast, but it was good. I appreciate that. That Clay asked, you know, asked me for that. So, yeah. And then, and then he mentioned, you know, the Dale Lee tapes or the CDs or whatever. And shoot, I've probably had 10 or 15 people uh, message me through Instagram or, or uh, Facebook asking for the, uh, for a copy of them, you know, and how much it costs and everything. And I, I've told everybody the same thing. I said, hold on, you know, maybe you can, you know, just listen to them to the podcast, but if you still want them, you know, we can sell you a copy of them. So. Sure. And we can always get a link for those too. Once we start rolling the series, we'll get a link for the physical okay. copies. And who knows, I might have to talk to Matt again and see about bringing them in. There I just go. know it was the issues with the boxes. So he's got some different boxes now. And because uh, he sent me three sets, he's gone on vacation now and he sent me three sets. And he's supposed to be back before Christmas, I believe. But yeah. they're. And then there was some kind of issue with the way they played back on some of the older uh, CD players. Was that right? The I don't know about that one. Or something? It's so frustrating for me. I drive a truck that doesn't even have a CD player anymore. It's all high tech. And I'm like the most untechnical person when it comes to like iPads, iPhones. I have an iPhone. I know it plays music, but I couldn't tell you how. I use YouTube. Like <laughs> I use up all my technical strengths on Garmin. And dog yeah. hunting stuff. That's about all I got in me. Yeah, that's that's probably good enough. Yeah, right? But yeah, I think it's going to be really cool. We are going to try to do these twice a month. That way it's like, you know, a more steady thing. So we'll be alternating you with one of our other podcast hosts every other week. And I've been uh, listening to Bear. He did a real good job on, with Daryl Fry and then Kimmer, uh, Mr. Kimmer. And who else oh, was he? Oh, Ben? Yeah, that was great. That was yeah. really good listening. Yeah, Ben, he was really excited to do that one. You know, I had talked to him right before he did Kemmer. And um, that's Ben with Tree Talking Media, Ben Sheets. Oh, okay. And uh, that was a really, really cool one. I know he's a Kerr Dog guy anyway, so it just kind of worked oh, out. Good. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and then maybe we can, with the Dale Lee, maybe, you know, we can do a little, maybe a little intro. Say yeah, we'll have book one. club. It'll be like the W Born a Hundred Years Too Late book club. We'll get together and do a recap and something about it. Whatever. The cool thing is, is now I have to go back and listen to them again. You know, because they've been sitting up there forever. I listened to them. I about wore them out. Probably they are scratched up and skipped because they literally just rolled around in my pickup for mm -hmm. year. You know, two three years. And uh, but they are. 
the real deal. This is not like somebody telling a story and to hear him talk about the hunts and the dogs. That's one thing I will say. Dale Lee describing a dog or a hunt. I mean, you could take it and put it in print and it's a book. No Uh, doubt. uh, What did Clay Clay Newcomb said that that Dale Lee tells a story like he's calling a horse race. (laughs) (laughs) True story, right? It's every bit of it. You know, and he's got an explanation for everything. And he's the way he talks. Like once you hear it, it's not even like the tone of his voice, but like the cadence and how he talks. I mean, I can just picture him. It's Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Dale Lee, if you all don't know who he is, you might want to check him out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You'll you'll know about it after. And, And on these podcasts now. They're searchable, right? If you get on mm-hmm. on an Apple podcast, you can search and find, like, if you're searching Mike Leonard or you're searching Dell Lee. Sure. That'll pop up. Yeah, because we'll have them in the titles. So if you go on, you know, your Android or your iPhone, whatever, Spotify, you should be able to search Dale Lee and it should pull it up. Search Dell Lee and then just number them, number one, number two. Yeah, we'll just or, go through and number them through, you yeah, know, in and, order. And then we can do listen to or we'll listen listen to the and do a little intro. Yep. Saying what that what's on that. Yep. CD. That's what I was thinking. Make it okay. easy because the podcast. See, you get to go on cruise control. The podcast is done, right? It was recorded years mm-hmm. ago. We just got to talk oh, yeah. for a little bit ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> and not bore people to the point of leaving. They'll stick around yeah. for Dale. Keep it short and sweet. Yeah. And that was kind of my thought, because, you know, like I said, that hour mark, it's not going to be too bad. There's a lot of good information in there. And, you know, he talks about everything from hunting here in Oregon, hunting jaguars, talking about the type of dogs they were hunting down there, that, you know, where they started with them blue tick dogs. Uh, talking, my favorite, I can't remember what CD it is, but he was talking about the two hunters that came in, and one of them the way he describes them, you know, like was basically a younger dude that wasn't worth two bits. And then, you know, I think it was his father or something, but he was basically saying, you know, you're not going to shoot that Jaguar, you know, and, and shut it off. He's like, no, you, I think he couldn't make it to a couple of the, a couple days hunts or something. Like he wasn't willing to put in the work and it just irritated Dale, you know, and to hear him tell the story, you can yeah. hear the disdain still to this day. It's funny. Yeah. And I've got some video. I, matter of fact, I have the video of them roping and tying up a lion there on the, there in Arizona, uh, Fort Chuka, I think is where it is that he worked for a long time. And, uh, and then I've got some video of him, of them hunting jaguars. It, it's real poor quality. Yeah. <laughs> but if, of course, I don't even know how they filmed back in those days. Yeah, right. It's not like they had a phone; they could just pull out of their pocket. And <laughs> no push iPhone record. <laughs> so, like, does this mean that someday we're going to get the trilogy? One of these days, we'll get the trilogy. Man, I tell you what. If I you know to... what the trilogy is, you know. If you're in the know, you know. If you don't, you're going to want to know if it ever happens. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty man, controversial still. It's it can be pretty controversial and. Man, I'd love to learn how to do it the way the way Clay Newcomb does his, but I don't think I I don't have the skills to do that. <laughs> yeah, you nor I. But it, it, I mean, it could be between the three people involved. It could be pretty pretty interesting. I think. Oh, I think know. so. 
Yep, because it's like three different stories all in one. And the but the editing and being able to tie it all together, that's where I'll, I'm really going to have to work at it. And I hope I hope I have the skills to do that. Oh, you'll make it happen once the plan comes together. The plan. This is just buying time. You you found something good to fill the time with. I know that, but it'll all come together. Yeah, you know, and I do have I have guys on my Patreon right now, and I have members that join my YouTube channel, and and a lot of them have joined the YouTube channel just because they like I I put my little adventures up there. You know, I film yeah. my hunts and everything, and a lot of it's just riding through the country. You know, but killing rattlesnakes, killing rattlesnakes, and and chasing chupacabras. But, uh, (laughs) but yeah. And, and so I got a lot of members that, that have joined and helped me out just because of that, you know, they just want to help me out and see what I do, you know, and they, they appreciate the, the, cause it is a lot of work. Oh, I couldn't imagine what you have to go through to film. Like, that's just not me. When I go hunt, I don't think about anything. Like I don't have time to take a picture 99% of the time because I'm just focused. Yeah. Like for you to go in the way that you have to set things up. What was that one video you did? One man band, I think yeah. is the title of it. Yeah. yeah like I would not have the patience, but I have enjoyed um, your newer ones you've done on like the, the saddling up, getting, getting the mules prepped <laughs> and going through all that. I thought it was really good. Those are the ones that I, I have the hardest time with. That's what you said, but they're and... good. Yeah, I I just don't I, I don't ever feel like I'm you know you, it's that uh, imposter syndrome they talk, they call it where you just don't feel yeah. like you're qualified to be telling people how to do something. You know what I've figured out is everybody has that. I have yeah. talked to a lot of really good friends, really good friends of, you know, from the business side, from the personal side in life, all of it, and you know myself included. You just it's like man, I'm not. I'm not ready for that. Like I'm not at that level as much as this guy, or how can I do this when I haven't done this? Like we said before, you fake it till you make it. And then you realize that everybody that's made it is still faking it. Yeah. (laughs) And also, you know, I also had another thing and and I, I, I've often said with my videos, I've said, you know, I I really don't know why I do it. I don't, I don't understand it, you know, because I, I, I share, you know, more failures than I do successes. And, uh, but I, I had a guy that was riding with me down the highway the other day and, and he said something about my videos or whatever. And he said, you know, he said, he said, you're famous or something like that. I said, oh man. And I said, I'm not famous. If I am, it's for the wrong things. And I got to thinking about it. You know, I guess impression is that a lot of people think you do it because you want to be famous, but what right. it is, is it's like when you go see a really good, if you see a really, really good movie and you really, really like that movie, what do you do? You tell your friends about it. Go watch or it. Or you tell your wife and you'll watch it again. Right. Because it was really good. And that's kind of one of, I get real excited. I really enjoy riding my mule. I really enjoy watching the dog's trail. I, I enjoy being out and about like that. And so it's like, man, look at what's going on. This is what I want to share. You know, I want you to see this too. So that's how I can do it is by videoing it and putting it up on YouTube. Well, and it's funny because there were a lot of a lot of people that knew you before all this started with us, even though like mm-hmm. we're in the same how niche it, it was kind of separated. 
you know, you definitely had your followers. And when you came and started posting things on the W side, they're like, dude, I've been following that guy for years. In fact, one of them, I won't say his name on the podcast, but you know who you are. He messages me the other day and he says, hey, you think you can get me hooked up with Brett? I'm like, well, yeah, I'm sure I can get you hooked up with him. He says, well, I'm actually making a trip. I'm going to be down that way. And I'd really like to talk to him and, you know, see about hooking him up. Had this guy not bailed me out on a snowmobile a couple of times, I might reconsider. But uh, <laughs> we'll we'll exchange information after this podcast because he's a huge fan of yours. That you know he was the first one who said I've followed Brett for years, and he's just a guy from you know the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I, it, I got a message on my phone from him. Oh, good. And 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 I guess he drew a a, a, a coos deer hunt out in this country. And and I, I I was out of service, and I I tried to call him back, but yeah, I'll good him dude. And I'll, him I'll and vouch for him. I will yeah, vouch no, for we'll him. Get and he's funny. Yeah, I and I get a lot of, I get a lot of, uh, you know, messages and and calls and stuff from guys who are, you know, interested in the area or or just want to talk hounds. You know, they want to talk and and. Uh, Ask what kind of dogs I use and where I got my dogs and, you know, things like that. So, well, it's amazing that now we can do that just over a podcast or over Facebook or however you want to communicate. We're used to, I mean, you were by yourself, it was local Mm -hmm. guys only. You didn't have any other contact. Where now it's like, that's what I hear from most of the guys that are doing our podcast, Bear and Ben. And, you know, they have an excuse to pick up the phone and call these guys that they would literally call anyway, but they didn't feel like maybe they had a reason before. And now it's like, oh, well, let's record a podcast. And they get to have a great conversation with people that, you know, they might not have ever had a chance to reach out to before. Yeah. So it works out pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's why right. I'm talking with Brett Vaughn, you know. <laughs> I messed up and I said bear a minute ago. I meant Ben. I, on the, on I fixed the... it. It's okay. Oh, okay. We know who All you right. were thinking about. I'm but I think you're going to be splitting... Um, Wednesdays, I think we're going to start alternating these Dale Lee tapes with Bear and the Hunting Hound. So it'll be back and forth every other week. And then, you know, if you've got ones you want to sprinkle in throughout, we'll drop those in between. Or if we want to do like a recap, you know, we go through a series of them and think, man, this is a good point to like recap on everything. We could do some bonus episodes in there too. Yeah, there's several guys. I've got another couple guys that are real close that that I'm going to go talk to and, and sit down and interview them. And, uh, when are you going to get Mike back? Mike, uh, root Leonard, Mike root. Yeah. Oh, Mike root. You need to get him back on. uh, Yeah. You know, we talk about going and hunting together often and we've only hunted together one time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mike's a hard guy to get a hold of. He, I mean, he really does spend most of his time in those mountains. I mean, yeah. he really does, unless he's going to the airport to pick somebody up or going to town to buy dog food. Yeah. And, and that's about all he does, you know, and, and he stays up in those hills all the time. Oh, he is so funny. Oh, he's a hoot. He's and a I hoot. think it'd be really interesting to get, you know, some of the local guys your way or, or the Southwest region, we'll say, that know what it's yeah. like to run these dry ground dogs to discuss some of these, you know, I think it'd be a real good center point for conversation because these are going to reach out. I I will say the people that I interact with that enjoy your stuff the most are probably the people that you would least expect it. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the coon hunters really like it. 
you know, it's not just mountain lion guys. It's mainly the guys that don't hunt mountain lion that love listening to your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because I get a lot of phone calls. You know, we get our, our Facebook reviews sometimes, you know, or or not Facebook. Um, oh, Apple Podcast and all of that. Mm-hmm. But really, I get a lot of phone calls. It seems like I'll be getting an order in for somebody. And the next thing you know, we're getting ready to hang up. And they say, hey, by the way, awesome podcast last week. Or I really liked okay. this one. You know, and it's just real quick. And we all go about our day, but it makes you feel good about it because they are, yeah, they are a value to people without spending any money. Exactly, man. that's the best part. Yeah, it's and it's free, and that's you know, with my YouTube channel, uh, the majority of the people that 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 will comment or or get in touch with me, are tell me that they're they said we for one reason or another, either they've had an injury or they're too old. They'll say, you know, we don't get to do this anymore, but we can, we sure enjoy watching you do it. Yeah. You know, and, and most of that's just sitting on a mule riding through the country, you know, and, and yeah, watching but a you see stuff bark at most the ground. people won't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And and so many people are amazed at, at the wide open spaces we have out here. Yeah. I mean, and, and we take it for granted, you know, I, I was born and raised here. And, and so I don't think much about it. And, and, but it is amazing, you know, that I can ride right out my backyard here and, and hit public land and be gone for, shoot, there's, I could be gone for days. And, right. Uh, and, and as long as I could find water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the good news is you find water, you probably find the game down there, right? They got to hang yeah, close. Yeah, be pretty concentrated, yeah. But, yeah, shoot. So I'm excited. I mean, I'm glad that we can share the daily stuff. And then, like you said, sprinkle in some other stuff. And one of these days, I'll I'll get the trilogy going. There you go. Yeah, no, I'm serious. When you told me about it, I'm like, holy crap. That's going to be really cool for people. And they're, you know, that hour long, they're manageable. They're, they're not something that you have to listen to in a series either. I remember that. Everything was mm-hmm. split up in a way that you could grab you know, episode number one and episode number 10, and you're not going to be missing anything. They're all like sub categories and sub stories that are grouped together. So it's going to be really nice because, you know, I'm sure that these are just going to continue to gain popularity. Like we may launch them. This is something that is going to be up forever, you know, and as more people find out about it, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a big hit. I hope so. Evergreen content. They call it, it just goes on. So Yeah. No, that's the best part, you know, about this stuff is it's up there forever. Cool. So you well, got good. any uh hunts coming up or are you just sticking the making the plan work? I'm trying to make the plan work. And 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 really I guess I can say the plan is, you know, I'm gonna cut way back on my work. I you know, I turned sixty last week. I know. So, I know. You're it, spring it, chicken officially. You know, I when I turned 50, I didn't think nothing of it. 40, I never thought nothing of it. 55, I never... 60 is a big one. It's like, oh, man, 60. That's old. But... Uh, yeah. You're not so old until you get Social Security, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I... Maybe it'll... Anyway. Yeah, so I plan on cutting way back on my work. Like I always said, I had a guy who worked for me 25 years and he retired and I don't feel like training anybody else. And so I'm just going to cut way back because man, I, I want to hunt, you know, I, I'm, I'm physically capable now 
And when you get to this age, you don't know how much longer you're going to be physically capable. That is one thing I'll say. Being a younger guy, I consider myself, I'm 35. Oh, yeah. And I had an injury, you know, granted. I mean, I'm. it's not the years, it's the miles situation, mm-hmm. I guess. But you start realizing it, and it's like, dang, every year you notice a little more and a little more. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I'm really wanting to get to some of these hunts that I've always wanted to do, because you never know. I mean, prime example, things happen in your life that oh yeah, you're not granted tomorrow. I mean, no. I've seen it firsthand here lately. You don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. So take advantage of it now. You exactly. Know, that's, and a lion hunt is number one on that. I was hoping to squeeze out this year. I was supposed to last year, and I ended up being a Sally and bailed out. We had a bunch going on too, but I am really hoping that now that the baby's here and everything's kind of settling in, my wife's plan is actually working out and she's working from home now. So hopefully I can slip away because I'm I'm dying to go lion hunting. That is one thing I have just always wanted to do. I've done the bears, you know, I run mm-hmm. small game now, but lion is just well, I don't know that in the links. Cause Buddy right now, he'll be back by the time this airs, but He's up there in BC running links, and they caught a pretty good one the other day. That's I wish people cool. could see the video from this because it, it it was a pretty nice cat. They're but, amazing animals. Yeah, and that's a lot of the feedback we get too. You know, people they're mesmerized by, by those lions, mesmerized by the cats because it is different when you catch a cat, a feline species, mm-hmm. than any other game animal. I think they they look at you different. They they oh, react yeah. different. It's not like, you know, treating a fox or a bear who really doesn't care that you're there. That lion is like zoomed in, looking right at you. And they're so they're so secretive. You mm-hmm. you know, you just you just live in good lion country all your life and never see one. Well, but they're, they're out there. You know they're there. Oh yeah, they're stealthy like a like a train, you know, just sneak up and run over stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. I should have never told that story. <laughs> oh, you got to. That's a good one. <laughs> so what kind of lion hunt are you going to go on? Are you going to be, are you going to go on a snow hunt? Or are you going to, I, you know, that's the hard part is I love this job and it's got great perks, but it's really hard to get out during hunting season for an extended time. Um, and time it with the weather. Like I know part of what buddy was worried about with this trip to BC was the weather. You just don't know if it's going to cooperate. So I can plan all year long to go between X and Y. But if it's not good weather, I mean, I'm going to say I'm going to have to go on a snow hunt because we don't run lion here. Mm -hmm. I mean, they pretty much run two pieces a game. I'm sure they will run a lion. But I think if I didn't know it and give them a little encouragement, I don't know if they'd ever start one. As crazy as that sounds, and people might think I got pot liquors for dogs. That might be true, but... They're so conditioned to run a specific species. I, I just think they would treat it like any other smell they have in the woods. So I think I'd have to have have some snow maybe. And and just be able to walk out the track for them? Or is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, that seems to be what's worked in the past. You know, mm-hmm. just constantly getting them on it. Because I'm sure once they go, it's going to be no problem. I don't think it will take much to encourage them. But... It's kind of hard when you can't see a track. You know, I spend 99% of my time hunting dry ground, and I prefer that. I don't like hunting the snow. A, I don't like driving in it. I will. I mean, I'm no sissy. I'm not saying I'm scared of snow. But you can ask my hunting partner, when you get into this mountain country, 
and you look down there, I irrationally see myself rolling all the way to the bottom of the mountain and just sliding off the road somewhere. <laughs> I get so nervous about it. I don't, you know, if it's flat country, no big deal. I'll mob through that all day long, but you get in the mountains and it's a different story. Yeah. It's like, it's tough for me. Yeah. So I just don't hunt in the snow a lot anyway, because where I'm at, we don't get much. Yeah. And when you do, you kind of curse the snow here local because it's, it's good and then it's okay. And then it's horrible and you're snowed out for weeks because it's iced over, oh, you wow. know, thaws and freezes every day. It seems like, and it just makes it really hard to get around because we're not set up. Like I have two sleds, but they've never been to the woods yeah. around here. You can't justify it for the couple weeks a year that you have it, but you're just not prepared. You don't have the right tool for the job. And that ice is sketchy stuff up here. Yeah. Or I'm a sissy. That's possible get, too. The snow we get here doesn't, it hurts more than it helps. You know, it doesn't. And I, you know, when I first started, I, I just, the mystique of the dry ground lion hunter, you know, there's mm-hmm. like these old guys, you know, you heard about Warner Glenn and, and Steve Smith and all these old guys, you know, they hunt dry ground. And I just got fascinated with it. Looking back now, I, and now it's just become this challenge you know it's just it's just a you know i i've caught some easy lines i have i haven't really caught any real hard ones yeah but uh now it's just this challenge to to keep going and 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 see if if i can become a little more consistent yeah it is there's so many factors too because i think about your area because i don't know where i'm gonna go probably nevada i mean it's Mm -hmm. over the counter it's easy but you think about conditions and like even our dogs now trying to hunt them in a few different places my buddy's been dragging me somewhere i haven't hunted in years lately and it's different ground so they run it different you know like i'm seeing dogs that usually run really really well struggling and having to work past it you know whether it's i think i've narrowed it down we we spent quite a bit of time talking about this the other night actually she's a super square dog right proportionally she's absolutely Mm -hmm. gorgeous she's one of the finest built dogs that i have ever owned but she needs about 20 percent more overall she needs a little more leg she needs a little more this a little more that she's like she almost reminds me of a oversized harrier you know like not beagle Mm -hmm. i I don't know if you know what a harrier is yeah yeah you know she she's a smaller dog so getting through blowdowns you watch her struggle and you'll watch her running the race and she's dropping back a little bit, little bit, little bit. And the next thing you know, they get back into good ground and right up there and running it again. So it's been kind of cool to hunt her in those different places and, and see that and see where they're struggling. But I mean, shoot, they'll run a bobcat. They should run a line. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't see why they wouldn't. Like I told a buddy of mine, I said, man, live it, dogs are supposed to chase cats. Yeah, I right. Mean, of anything, there. That's that's the old thing. Is that dogs chase cats? So I want to. I don't know. We've talked about that, you know, because here in Oregon we can't hunt lions with dogs, you know, and we haven't since '94. But there are a lot of lions that get killed in Oregon. Spotting stalkers, um, mm-hmm. bow hunters, a lot of bow hunters. Yeah, but I think it would be cool to go up in the snow and try to walk one out. That's another thing I would really like to try is just walk one down no dogs and see if we can sneak up and you know what you might find a kill 
there's going to be some cool stuff along that trail. And if anything, mm. you're going to learn how they pattern because that's a new species. I don't know how a lion moves. I've never paid attention. I didn't care. You know, I'd mark mm-hmm. tracks or whatever because I seem like, or I've noticed that if a lion's crossing there, it's usually a good place to go check for deer and elk kind mm-hmm. of deal. But, you know, get to know the animal a little more. And it, that way you're not going in blind. Yeah, that's, that's a long I've way always... to drive <laughs> for a blind yeah. lion. I've always said about, you know, because I trail a lot of lions. I don't catch a lot, but I trail a lot. And it's always fascinating for me to to follow and see where they where they go you know, and how they travel, how they move through the country, what, you know, because you'll have a little old rock cropping out there, a little, or a little old cut in a rim. Mm -hmm. And those lions will just, that just attracts them. And that's where they go. You know, it's, it's fun to see and follow the dogs and see how they move it and everything. Did you listen to that one we did with John Blozier? I think buddy. Oh yeah. It was good. um, uh, Clay did it actually, but (laughs) buddy was talking about how John would, look at a tree and he'd tell him like there's a lion scrape right there like a lion mm-hmm. has been there and it's just these landmarks that you can pick out you know it's all about educating yourself about the game then you do more catching i think because i mm-hmm. noticed that way early on i'd put dogs on the road i'd cover 100 miles of, of road you know between rigging and roading and you're just trying to get on game well you realize you can do that a lot easier if you just pay attention to what you're doing and kind of keep mm-hmm. some notes in your head and next thing you know, instead of wasting four hours looking for a track, you're, you know, 20 minutes, half you're hour, going. you know. You know, uh, years ago, I got to hunt with Orville Fletcher for a few days. And uh, Orville's a real famous lion hunter here in New Mexico. He's passed away now. He's an old man. He's got a, is there an El Gato series? No, he Orville? wasn't on that. No. But you've talked about him quite a bit before. I've talked about that. him, yeah. He was he was a tough old, old, old coot, that's for sure. And... We're riding, we're hunting lion, hunting these, and you know, he was fussed. Said, there ain't no game in here. There ain't no game in here. And he looked down and at this tree, I've rode past that tree a jillion times, you know, and he looked down and he said, if there was a lion in here, he said, if there's a tom lion in this country, he said, he'd be scraping right there under that tree. I didn't think nothing of it, you know, and I thought, well, he's just a grouchy old man. And, uh, it was probably a month later. I was I, I'd been getting my dogs been trailing a little bit, and I rode by that little spot, and I'll be dang if there wasn't a scrape right underneath that tree. No and, kidding. And, oh, and there's jillions of trees all over that place, you know. But what was just, that one though? Like for you, untrained eye, like you thought he was bogus. What I, it was where it was where a little old two track road came across, and there was a trail coming out of a little old narrow canyon. Mm-hmm. And it was a pine tree that kind of stuck out right there and had a lot of duff underneath it. Just like pine and, needle duff? Yeah, pine needles, yeah. And uh, it's a good place to scrape. I mean... That's just... That's, it's a trained eye of a professional. Exactly. I, I mean, that's just... enough it. of them. He can, he can just see where they're going to be, you know? Yeah. No, that's pretty cool. Because I, I remember listening to that one and thinking, you know, we do that with all of our other game, too. Like, you kind of mm-hmm. know how a bobcat travels the country or, like, we know where the fox is going to cross or, or whatever. But the lions, that's just uncharted territory for me. And they in this, you know, and in this desert, they travel such a great distance. I well, on the conditions that. alone, like, A, you guys have serious ground to cover if you don't know where to look. I mean, you guys could spend days looking in areas that there are never going to be a lion in, right? I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen me do it. but you know that and the setting conditions you know like where we're at we got a lot of underbrush so it's 
easier to trail through. You know, it you've got scent, more. Yeah. yeah, holds scent good. You guys, and you get on the open ground. I mean, that's totally different ball game. Pine needles. I hate trailing over pine needles. Really? And it, yeah, it just seems like I don't know when stuff I, gets flipped. From from a running animal, it seems like you should be able to move that track faster than you are. Like, you're still moving it, but you should be cooking on it if it wasn't in this area. Yeah. I, inconsistent conditions, I think, is what, you know, like this one I was telling about earlier, you know, a three-and-a-half-hour-old lion track, Tom Lion. Dogs can't hardly trail it. And yet, I know I've trailed a 36-hour-old track. I trailed right. it right through a camera and trailed all day long. There's no telling where the lion was. I was that far behind him. Right. I trailed that lion all day long. And so how do you know? I mean, I, I, I and it's hard not to like question things. Yeah. It's like, so, you and know. I, and, and I've been accused of overanalyzing, you know, trying to just figure it out and whatever. And if you ask a lot of these guys like Mike Root and all of them, they just, they say, well, you know, they say, well, Mike, how do you catch these lions? What do you do? And he said, just got to keep going. You just got to keep going. <laughs> Just keep going. And then that's what you do, you know, because you can sit there and try to figure out that scent all day long. And and I don't, I don't, there's no rhyme and reason or reason to any of it. I mean, right. it, I, maybe there is somewhere, but I don't know it. And it, 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 and the buddy of mine that went, he was really, you know, he, he bought some really good dogs and spent some money and he was kind of frustrated. Yeah. But, I, you know, and I can understand it. I mean, but. It's just the way it is. They all the old timers tell you the same thing. Scent said, you know, you just can't figure it out. Scent well, there's all kinds of stuff thing. that we can't yeah. figure out. I mean, even nights where like I'm rodent dogs and they act funny. Like you don't know. They're not being total, I don't know, doofuses, but you can tell something different. They're you know, and that's why I, I watch a lot of the pressures, you know, barometric pressure and stuff like that. But you'll hit an area and I think a lot of it is I call it dead air. You know, you'll be hunting along and you'll hit this section and they just kind of start hunting weird for you. They're not like they're really wanting to hunt. And then you get on past that area and all of a sudden, you know, they're acting normal. And I just, I consider it like dead air. It's like the woods that you walk into and there's no birds. There's no nothing. It's just like that dead and a lot of pine needles. That's where I see a lot of the pine needles. It's like, I don't know what it is. Well, what's your theory on the barometric pressure? You know, the old timers, they used to say, I don't know if you've heard this, if if your chimney smoke's touching the ground, it's going to be a trailing day. Mm -hmm. Because that pressure is holding the scent down. Yep. And they say, you know, you'll trail. If it's starting to lift, you got a better chance of catching it. You know, instead of sitting there and holding the scent down to a point that they can't move it fast enough. Oh. I don't know about that one, but I do know, like I watch barometrics, anything around 29 is kind of seeming to be the, the sweet spot, oh, but I'll really? watch the spikes. If it's a rapid up or a rapid down, I mean, you're better to pull over and grab the jet boil and make a pot of coffee, you know? If it's changing like that. Mm-hmm. That's what I've noticed. I mean, that's just personal observation, but I'm I'm a weird believer. I told Andrew in our last podcast about the watches. My some of my favorite apps are the barometric pressures and the hunt time. That you know, if you go to that hunt and fish on your two hundred, mm-hmm. do you ever check that? No. <laughs> so I for don't. you, I don't know. Maybe for you, it's different because you're getting off the beaten path. You know, 
but I have noticed a lot of times that time is pretty close. Yeah, there are oh, more nights than not that I find myself, wow, that was really, you know, it's right after the move, right after they said is the best time. And it seems like consistently it's actually pretty good information. Is it? I, I, I just, you know, I just go when I can go, you know, I probably don't. But I, the barometric pressure part in the, the high pressure system or low pressure, whatever it is, and I, I just always curious. I never, I've never heard anybody say like you when it was lifting, which would be a lower pressure system, right? Mm-hmm. Allows the scent, or and you think if it's lifting, then that's a, that's more of a you can move the track faster. I think sometimes you can run a jump track faster that way. You have a harder time trailing, but once you get past it to the jump, I think it makes a big difference because they can run their head up. The downfall to that is, A, when you have dogs, like mine are not real locate dogs. They're just, Mm -hmm. A, I didn't work with them real hard on the tree because I went from slick tree and dogs to never wanting to do that again. So I didn't really work Mm -hmm. them hard on a tree. And they're not bred to tree. You Mm -hmm. know, they've got a lot of that running stock in them. Mm-hmm. But when you've got that low pressure and that sense rising, I think it makes it even harder, especially when we're hunting in these dug furs and, you know, big pines. Those cats and, you know, even a fox, if they can jump and get up there, I think it's really hard for those dogs to find it. I got something I'm going to add. I, I, and I didn't tell this story on purpose earlier, but it goes along with this when I went to help my buddy the other day. I had two young dogs after we, my old dog had kind of poked along and told us that lion had gone up through a saddle. I had two young dogs, not broke dogs, but Mm -hmm. young dogs start balling on the side of that saddle on the, on the offside there. Started it good. Like you, like you'd start a lion track real slow, you know, Mm -hmm. real, you know, and then just, you know, hit a line and really started trailing. And I sat up there and watched them, and I told my buddy, I said, I, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't trust these dogs. They're not broke. But they started it like I thought they should start a lion, and they're moving it like I would think they would move a lion track. They're just a lot, yeah. of, a lot of tail whipping, a lot of wiggling, a lot of, a lot of working, some little loses in there, and then back, and then, you know, and then they went right down on this old point, down into a crack, right into a rough, rough canyon. Trailed probably for an hour and a half or so. Mm-hmm. And I got out on a ledge and, and uh, my buddy, he, he, he had his dogs and he said, well, I'm going to go around the, the mountain on this side, see if there's anything. And I said, all right. I said, I got to go with these dogs. You know, I have to, I, 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 I don't know what it is. So I can't, I can't do anything and they're trailing it good. You know, it's not like a, sure. like a coyote race or a deer race where they just bah, 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 and ball oh, in yeah. the country, you know, they're cold trailing it. And got, and I've never had this happen before. They got down in the canyon and they started trailing up the canyon a little ways. And then they had kind of a bad lose. And they, they were quiet for a long time. And I was watching them circling around, circling around, circling around, circling around. And I thought, well, they're trying to locate. You know, they're trying to, they're close to where this, what I thought could have been a lion. And then all of a sudden, bow, wow, wow, for about, I mean, 30 seconds. And a big old buck deer jumps out, runs up the side of the mountain. They just sit there and look at it. They never offered to chase it. Yeah, they just, they just bumped it. They just looked at it, but they came right back to me. They and I never, I never touched them with the garment. Now both those dogs have been been bumped a little bit when they tried to run trash, mm-hmm. and they came right back to me. They just bumped it. Yeah, that, 
Everybody said the same thing. Said, but I, I didn't have enough faith in them, and they yeah. quit whatever they were doing. They came right back to me. That's such a hard one, though. I mean, really, because you look at it, you knew they were trailing like you expect a lion to trail. Mm-hmm. And I had a guy tell me, I can't even remember who it was now. I wish I would. I'd give him credit. But they said, when's the last time you saw a dog cold trail hoofed game? Uh, it, it's never a cold trail. They're mm-hmm. running it jump from, you know, where yeah. to go. They're, they're running an animal, not a track. So, I mean, that's, it's hard. Like, when do you pull the plug? Yeah. Where, you know, you have four-wheel drive everywhere you go with that mule. Where oh, well. <laughs> that gives you, I think, a big advantage over the guys that are confined to a truck because you can let them work it out. If they make a mistake, you still have access to them. Oh, yeah. Where guys depending on a road system, it's like, okay, where's your cutoff point? If they make it to here and we haven't made a final decision on, you know, if it's good or not, we're going to call them back. Yeah. Because they're going into wilderness or whatever. You're having to set that threshold of how much do I trust you? Where am I going to pull the plug where, you know, like you being able to slip in there and just watch them and see that buck come out and them not chase it. Like, that's huge. Yeah. I had that happen a couple weeks ago. Deer ran right across in front of my dog rode in it. And I was waiting. I had alpha tuned up, ready to roll. Yeah. And she looked over the edge of the bank where it went off and just went back hunting. You know? Yeah. Well, it's... I was fixing to run back to my mule and get my, get my, my garment. So I could shock them. I thought, ah, oh, those dirty boogers, you know, that was my first in- instinct. And, uh, no, I mean, and they, that, that buck ran right up the hill, right in front of both of them. I mean, they they both sat there and looked at him, but they came back to me. Yeah, they knew better. And it was probably, you know, about one o'clock, 1230 or one. So it was already starting to get hot in the afternoon. And, uh, Hmm. I probably made a mistake. I probably should have got down there. And of course you can't find a track in this country. I mean, it's all rock. No. And you said it was at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but how bad are Rocky Canyon? How bad are thermals? How bad do they affect things down there? Because like I know where where we're at, we really play the thermals too. You know, when you're you talking mean so about they can hunting, wind or rig something out of a canyon or well, yeah, or like if you're in a canyon and you've got your airflow. I mean, there's natural airflow. In fact, mm-hmm. last night I used this as an example. There's a spot that it seems like you always get a strike, but you don't ever start anything there. There's something going on, like the animals there, and you might run the same animal at its next crossing, but there's something about that spot that it can't do. And I've narrowed down a lot of them to like, um, like a bridge or a big culvert. So you've got a, a creek coming down, you've got water flowing, you've obviously got airflow sucking down that whole draw into that creek and going downstream is, you know, what, what usually I notice. But you get that culvert or that bridge and it disrupts that airflow. And mm-hmm. I think it makes things kind of do the lofting. You know, like mm-hmm. you'll watch your, we use our breath for condensation. You know, you can see it. And it's like, okay, this is just swirling in here. The wind's doing weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Where areas there's not that culvert or not that bridge, you know, the, the airflow is pretty consistent. So I wonder if you were like down in like a weird draw or something that had they wandered out, let's say a hundred, 200 yards from there, could they have picked it up again? And there was just something about that spot that didn't allow it to hold the scent more than the physical, like moisture conditions or the rocks or whatever else would make it hard. Well, yeah, I think we have, uh, we have a lot of places like that for one reason or another that just won't hold the scent. And you, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to learn how to try to connect the dots and, and, and try to move them. 
the day before when I trailed all the way up, you know, there were several places, you know, where you could hit the track and the dogs could really, really move it. And mm-hmm. then, and then it would just slow down to a, to a, to a, yeah, you Sorry. are a popular guy today. Yeah, I got the, anyway, and it slowed down to just like molasses, you sit there and, and uh, watch, just let the dogs work it, you know, because it's not like, I mean, it's not like you can help them a whole lot. You just got to put them in a position they can succeed. Yeah, or or if they get hung up, they'll get hung up. And, and, and from what I understand, a lot of lion hounds will do that. They get sticky. They get too sticky. And, yep. and it's almost like, I don't want to leave what I got now, you know, because I know it's here. Scent. I know it's here, but I don't know if it's going to be over there. So you kind of got, uh, you know, I'll, I'll ride up and block them, you know, and, and, and just and, and tell them, hey, let's go. Let's go, guys. Let's go. And they'll and they'll fan out and they'll start looking and yeah. you just got to do that occasionally but as far you know the thermals as far you know typical of the of of this country you know you in the as the day heats up the thermals come up up out of the bottoms you know and, and mm-hmm. come up and i've watched my dogs you know stick their nose in the air and win something you go over there and look over the side and you might be deer or the other day i told you about that fox you know i had a dog that yeah stuck his nose up went down there and You're jumped that fox yeah, and they jumped that fox, and, and I had two dogs that ran that fox, and I thought, you know, that, that was pretty fun. <laughs> it's loud and fast, huh? It's loud and fast, and I watched them turn that fox like three or four times, so it was kind of exciting. Well, but, I can imagine where you're at. It's really cool because you can actually see it. You know, we'll get a lot of them crossing. You know, with the Garmin's, it's easy as far as you see them coming down a drainage. You just go drive to the where it's going to cross, and, you know, a lot of times you'll get to see them. But you got wide open spaces out there. I'll bet that would be a ton of fun. That was fun. I mean, and for trash, it was fun. Yeah, (laughs) you know, I didn't shock them or anything. I but I just watched them. You know, I didn't. I didn't. I don't catch better than Cuda Monday too much. Yeah. But anyway, well, what do you think? It was nice to catch up with you again. It's been a while. It has been. The new video's out, so everybody make sure to check out Born 100 Years Too Late on YouTube. Make sure to check out the big changes coming at W as far as this new Dale Lee release. Because this is the first time it's been available in this format, right? It's just been CDs, whoever spent the money had them, but now it's going to be out there for everybody. And I, I, I had a few of them, you know, on my YouTube channel. And what it was is I just added some pictures and stuff. Because there's no What's video. the name? Do you know the name of the video? Just if somebody wants a little preview here. I think it's something Daily Number One or something like that. And Daily Number Two. It, it and they're and they're they're not as complete as the as what we're gonna put up on the podcast. Sure. Well, exciting yeah, stuff, man. I think it's I think I hope people enjoy it. That I mean that's that's you why were I'm excited doing it. when you called me, so I know it's gonna be good. Yeah, I, I just you know, it's like it's just like watching that good movie. You know, you want to share it with everybody. So, yeah, it's it's these little pieces, like I was saying in reference to that Brave book. You know, we still have some available. I don't think we have a ton left, but that was one of those things where it's just this little piece, and then you put it out there, and it's like people who didn't even know about it now they get to experience it, and it is pretty cool. So yeah. I'm excited. Well, the, one of the, the Brave books that y'all gave me, I I. Uh, had a drawing and I gave away, I gave away like five books to all the members. You know, I did a little, you online, you can have a, uh, oh, something that picks out numbers. Mm-hmm. You Random know, number, number generator. Number, yeah, there you go. And, That's what uh, we do. 
Yeah, and I did that. I had like five books that I that I like, you know, like Slash Ranch Hounds, I think was one of them. Uh, Meet Mr. Grizzly, uh, mm-hmm. Trained by a Hound Dog uh, by Ed Vance, uh, uh, The Brave Book. And I had one more. I can't remember which. Oh, it was uh, uh, Dad Gummit. I can't remember. That's that's that being sixty years old right there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I did that ran. I gave all the members that were in my Patreon, or and then I got some guys that have a recurring payment on on PayPal, and uh, I gave out those books. So that was pretty cool. And one of them was the Brave book that y'all gave me. Yeah. So that was yeah. Cool. I keep. I got a couple here. They made really good Christmas gifts that first year. I, because mm-hmm. you know some of my hunting buddies that I used to bear hunt with, they had an old soft copy, you know, and it was well read. We'll put it that way. I yeah. mean, it had been well used. So for Christmas, you know, my buddy Tony, he was the one who really took me under his wing when I first started. I got him and his son uh, a copy of that Brave book in the hardback, and they're like, "Where did this?" come from you know <laughs> it's a little treasure hunt <laughs> no kidding that was something but yeah well man i'm glad we got to catch up i know you're a busy guy and we're getting ready to get our last round of orders out for the day so i probably better jump on and answer some phones there you go but everybody stay tuned we'll get uh get these new ones up and rolling i don't have a launch date right now we're still ironing out the details but this is something that's going to be happening in the near future so everybody stay tuned for more from Brett and the uh, the saga of Dale Lee, I guess. We'll have to come up with a flashy name for it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Brett. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye.